All right. Welcome back in. Quarantine continues. The whole world continues to slow at a slower pace or spin at a slower pace, I should say. I've got my finest athleisure outfit on. Actually, I guess you could say I've sort of gone with homeless chic as I sit here recording this. Thank goodness I don't have a video feed for this recording. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Maybe I should do a video program. I think when I record this, it's recording video as well. I'm not so sure that people want to see that, though. Regardless, I am Jonas Nordman. Thanks so much for tuning back in. I know you don't really have anything else to do, unless you're still working, in which case, appreciate you continuing to be a positive impact on our society. Healthcare workers, grocery store workers, delivery people, food delivery, chefs, you're all appreciated, and you're all the best. A tip of the cap, if you will, to all of you. Believe in Jayhawks on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Here's what I believe. I believe that today's show has a little bit of a theme. It's, it's young men in college making decisions. Growth. College is all about learning and exploring, right? And taking that next step. Either you want to be a professional basketball player. Maybe you want to be on the number one podcast network for professionals. Maybe you want to be an engineer. Maybe you want to be something boring, you know, like a lawyer. <laughs> well, that's the theme of today's show. Here's what we got on the docket. A lot of decisions came down the pipeline recently in terms of players staying or going. Should I stay or should I go to the NBA? Uh, a little bit of a development in terms of the G League, the NBA G League, and how it could affect recruiting. And then we, of course, are going to take another trip down memory lane with our player review series. Who was it today? Stay tuned. That's towards the back end. Again, appreciate you listening. Sorry that I just knocked my microphone there. And sorry about the audio issues last week. Didn't realize what was happening until I listened back, but... Well, people don't realize that, that this is a one-take show. So I was like, well, I recorded the show. Kind of liked how it sounded in terms of what was being said. Still could kind of hear it. But hopefully this week sounds much better, much clearer. Wasn't going right into the microphone. Was actually going through the, the computer external audio. But regardless, who cares? So here's what's on the docket. I already said that. Here is what happened this week. NBA decisions just this morning as we were sort of getting ready for the rest of the day. Marcus Garrett let everyone know, hey, I'm coming back to school. Okay, kind of figured that one. No big deal. In fact, all three decisions and all three announcements that came through this week, honestly not surprising. I think we expected all of them. So today was Marcus Garrett. He announced that he's coming back for his senior year. Fun produced video. He's really good defensively. He can't shoot. So hopefully Marcus Garrett takes the offseason. Again, who knows what's going to happen this offseason? Who knows when the season's going to start? But regardless, if he has the opportunity to get in the gym and just shoot three-point shots all day, every day, this could be a viable NBA prospect. He's athletic. He drives well. He's a very good distributor, elite defensively. I've only said that every single show that we've ever been on the air. 
but no surprise. Likely to be the number one ball handler for the team next year. And onwards we go. Yesterday, Ochai Agbaji made his announcement. And yesterday, I mean that as in Tuesday, April 14th, Agbaji announced. Now, this was a little, I'd call it 60-40 for Agbaji. Young Och, 60-40 that he'd come back to school. 60 being he'd come back, 40 he would declare. And he leaned towards the majority there. He did announce that he's come back for his junior year. Not surprising to me. There were rumblings that he maybe could declare or at least test the waters. But what we've seen in this age of coronavirus is that if you are declaring, you have intentions of staying in the draft. There's way too much up in the air. There's way too much uncertainty. You can't mess around. You can't be 50-50. I'm going back to school. I'm going pro. He decides I'm staying in school. Much needed. In fact, I have the quote from Young Oach right here. He said, I looked into the NBA, and this is a direct quote. I looked into the NBA, was given some feed, great feedback on ways I can be a better basketball player. Passing and shooting. Just passing and shooting. Agbaji said, I know there are a lot of areas of my game, passing and shooting. I can improve and look forward to working with our coaches to reach that next level. We have some unfinished business to take care of, and I'm looking forward to returning to Kansas, to KU, for my junior season. He came in as a three-star recruit. He jumped onto the scene immediately, right? The roster for the team last year, or two years ago now, was decimated by recruiting issues, guys leaving in the middle of the year, injuries. Yudoka Azubuki got hurt. Silvio De Sosa didn't play. LeGerald Vick, you know, had family issues and never came back. Quentin Grimes did not live up to the hype. He's now with the Houston Cougars. Young Oach came in, lit the world on fire, and then sort of fizzled out the rest of the year. This year was up and down. He had his moments. Still the most athletic guy on the team. NBA teams are probably drooling over that potential. But I don't know if you heard, not a consistent shooter, not a very good passer, doesn't really create off the dribble. He could use a little bit more seasoning. If he has a big junior season, lottery pick for sure. Regardless, I think he can work his way into a first-round pick after next season. So no surprise there. Now, the tough one. Not to be expected. I tried to prepare everyone for this. This isn't a surprise. But overlaid on a heavily produced video with a beautifully written script, Perhaps not the best performance. I don't think Devon Dotson has a future as a voice actor. Hopefully his future and his career as a basketball player in the NBA is much more fruitful so he doesn't have to go into voice acting. But yes, I, I sort of let the cat out of the bag right there. Devon Dotson, your starting point guard, has declared for the NBA draft with intentions of signing with an agent, and he has intentions of staying in the draft, going pro. Again, no surprise. He flirted pretty heavily, like really heavy, like a young lady standing at her locker, twisting her hair, talking to the high school quarterback, like, hey there. Flirted very heavily with the NBA after his freshman year, and his numbers are even better, and he had a better performance this year for his sophomore season. 
I was going to play the, the video, the heavily produced video. I don't know, a little too monotone. Didn't quite get the effect that I was hoping for. So I just more so want to talk about his impact, his legacy, and what we can expect in terms of Devon Dotson. First, and I had it pulled up, so bear with me as I pull up the NBA draft.net. I thought I had it pulled up. I, I want to start with something you've probably heard Fran Fraschilla talk about on ESPN here and there. And I think it rings very true in, in terms of looking back and, and analyzing Devon Dotson's impact and his legacy as a Kansas Jayhawk. So I, I'm just going to take it all the way back to 2008 in the great lineage of Bill Self point guards. So it starts, of course, with Russell Robinson and Mario Chalmers, right? 2008 National Championship, and there's a sophomore on the team by the name of Sharon Collins. More effective, he closed out the games over Russell Robinson, the senior, who was great defensively, but Collins more electric. Sharon takes the mantle the next year, the next two years, actually, and he then has Tyshawn Taylor under his wings. You know, maybe not exactly a, a Zen master and a Padawan type of situation, but you know, Taylor had a few years of seasoning under Sharon Collins. Taylor gets the mantle, leads the team to a Final Four in his senior season, 2012. Elijah Johnson is already on that team. He was playing off the ball. He takes over main point guard, not a great true point guard during his one season as the go-to guy in 2013. But look, they won the Big 12. Solid season. Ben McLemore, Jeff Withy, fantastic seasons. EJ, really solid contributor. But he had some time to learn under Tyshawn. On that team, did you forget about Nadir Tharp? I bet you did. He was a little troubled during his time. He was, he quote-unquote left early to go to the G League, or at that time was the NBA D League. But really, he got forced down. But even during Nadir Tharp's go-to season as a starter with Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid, Frank Mason was on that team. He didn't have to start right away. So Tharp leaves. Mason has a chance to take over. The rest is history. Oh, Frank Mason's sophomore year. There's a young freshman on the team by the name of Devontae Graham. So the lineage picks up one after another. Mason is the player of the year. He goes to the NBA. Devontae Graham takes over. He leads the team to the Final Four. They beat Duke in the 2018 Elite Eight. He graduates, and there's no one on the roster. Devon Dotson is coming in as a true freshman with no mentor, with no older point guard ahead of him, no one to really show him the way, and he excelled right away. Arguably the best player on the team two years ago, you know, Diedrich Lawson. Eh, Diedrich Lawson was the best player, but you could tell that Devon Dotson had it. This was the guy that was stirring the drink. He was fantastic as a freshman. He was a workhorse. He was on the court the entire time on a team that lost LeGerald Vick, where Quentin Grimes just did not have it, that lost Azubuki and DeSosa. Devon Dotson stepped in as a true freshman and was great. They did not win the Big 12. No, they, only, they lost... In the second round, sure. But then he improved this year. So I have the I have the mock draft pulled up. 
And when I tell you where he's going to go or where they mock draft him, number 35, that's the upper tier of the second round to Sacramento. God, I hope he doesn't go to Sacramento. The Sacramento Kings are where Jayhawks go to die, at least in the NBA, with their NBA careers. It started with Thomas Robinson getting drafted in 2012. It continued with Ben McLemore in 2013 and even Frank Mason. And once they all left the Kings, they at least had somewhat of a career. T-Rob sort of bounced around after that, but he got more playing time, was a little bit more productive. Ben McLemore on the Rockets this past year, before it got suspended, was having his best year as a pro. And Frank Mason is now in the Bucks organization. Talk about stable organization. Getting a chance to play with their G League team. He's had a few moments out on the big roster. So please, Devon, don't get drafted by Sacramento. They have De'Aaron Fox anyways. Like, if you want Devon Dotson to have a healthy point guard career, probably shouldn't be behind one of the more electric young point guards in the NBA. So just for comparison's sake, if he's going, if NBA Draft.net, which I think is a very viable source of NBA Draft content, they have him going 35 as a point guard. Who is he behind? Who is he ahead of? Let's see here. Emmanuel Quickly out of Kentucky. They have him going number 24 in the first round. They have, let's see here, they have R.J. Hampton, the player who spurned Kansas to go overseas and play in New Zealand. I kind of feel like he sees himself more as a brand, to be honest, than he does as a player. But they have him going to the Celtics at 17. And then you start getting into the lottery. Killian Hayes out of France. Uh, Halliburton out of Iowa State. We've talked about him before. Nico Mannion out of Arizona, a little overrated. Uh, so, And then Cole Anthony out of North Carolina. And LaMelo Ball. If that name doesn't ring a bell, then just Google the family name. They do have him ahead of Peyton Pritchard going at 42. Also to Sacramento. That'd be interesting. Malachi Flynn at 43 and Trey Jones out of Duke is all the way down at 54. Also to Sacramento. NBA draft on net thinks Sacramento is going to have a whole team full of point guards, apparently. (laughs) So that gives you an idea where the draft and the NBA experts sort of view him middle of the draft, top of the second round potential. I've seen him rumored to the Lakers at 29 back end of the first round. Not the best point guard in the class. Certainly not the least rated. So he's thought of as a project. He's a sophomore who doesn't shoot the three ball overly well. But I I do know that people like his potential. Here's the raw numbers on Devon Dotson and his career. This past season, he was first in Big 12 in points per game and steals. Seventh in assists, which as a point guard, eh. He was an All-American, consensus All-American second team. He was a Koozie Award. We talked about it last week. Koozie and Wooden Award finalist. Now, this past season, he did only shoot 30.9%, called 31% on three-point shots, listed maybe a little generously at 6-2. So there's your dings on Devon Dotson's game. 31% on threes, 6-2 point guard in an era of long, athletic, positionless basketball. But his stock is at its highest, to which I say, go to the NBA. 
You never want a guy to come back for selfish fan reasons. The longer that you're in college, the more tape is on you, the more teams get to scout you. It usually doesn't help. Like, how is he going to have a better year than what he just had? His job in college, like, no one can stay in front of him. So he's always going to be driving right past them. He's going to be the fastest guy on the court. He doesn't need to work on his three-point shooting in college, per se. In the NBA, when guys don't really need to focus on school as much, insert your own joke here about how they don't really focus on school regardless when they're even in school. But when they're with NBA coaching and it's their job and it's their craft, it's what they're doing 24-7, the shooting improves generally. The numbers are there. Like that's usually the aspect of your game that can be worked on, retooled, and in it can improve pretty rapidly once you get into the NBA. So get in there, get your cash, and congratulations on a very successful, albeit complicated, legacy at Kansas. Where does he slot in legacy-wise? It's got to be the biggest what could have been, biggest what if in Kansas basketball history, right? So here's Devon Dotson's Jayhawk career. He has a severe lack of postseason success. They lost. In fact, they got blown out in the Big 12 championship game last year to Iowa State. Remember, lost by 12. Then they got bludgeoned by Auburn in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So he's got one NCAA tournament win on his resume. His team, now two years ago, Lost the Big 12 Conference title streak, right? But put together a dominant sophomore campaign, the consensus number one team in the country, ended his career on 16 consecutive wins. I'm sure he would have won a few more games in the NCAA tournament, won a few more games in the Big 12 tournament. Like, I'm not... Those are That's just what happened, right, it, with his freshman season. I don't want to ding him, but it's a complicated legacy. He didn't have the opportunity here in 2020. The guy was a workhorse, though. 32 minutes per game. This year, he basically played 35 minutes per game, always on the court. And because of that, sometimes got a little dinged up, right? Missed the Oklahoma game this year when he hurt his hip. But he was a workhorse. He was tough. I always remember his game his freshman year. Jay Billis brings it up all the time also. Got knocked on his head. Little concussed probably against Tennessee out there in Brooklyn. Still able to step to the free throw line, knock down two clutch free throws. Increased his points per game. 12.3 and three and a half assists per game his freshman year. 18 points per game and four assists this past year. I don't really want to do a ranking in terms of Bill Self point guards, all-time point guards. So I'll just say this. If you're going to do your own rankings, you obviously can't rank him ahead of guys like Frank Mason, Sharon Collins, Devontae Graham, Mario Chalmers, right? Like there's final fours on some of these guys' ledgers. There's championships, the 2008 championship. There's players of the year in Frank Mason's case, like the consensus Wooden Award, Naismith Award, AP. He had a season for the ages. Devontae Graham got to a Final Four. Obviously ahead of Nadir Tharp, Sharp Tharp. 
So it comes in where you, you start ranking him around like EJ or Elijah Johnson, right? Tyshawn Taylor, depending how you feel. But Tyshawn Taylor made a Final Four, made a championship game in 2012. It's complicated. The biggest what-if and question mark in Jayhawk history. But I will be rooting for him. He's got a dynamite smile. I love his parents online on Twitter. And he dealt with a lot. Like, think about the complicated legacy of Devon Dotson. Everything that happened with the roster last year. Everything that happened preseason with the team this year. And then the coronavirus. Putting a truncated end on his sophomore season. It's ridiculous. What a legacy. But it's been fun watching him. Go get him, Devon. Go get that cash. Go have a great career. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Appreciate you listening. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are on Devon Dotson, Ochai, Marcus Garrett, all coming back, uh, Devon going to the NBA. Right decision in your mind? Wrong decision? I feel like it's a pretty easy decision. But let me know what you think. At Instagram or on Instagram, at JonasN310. You can tweet me if you want, but I'd prefer the Instagram messages. If you want to advertise with Believe, I'm seeing a lot of advertisements. I think they're slapping them on at the beginning of this show and at the end. So let's go to Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V. Click that advertising tab. Get on board while the, while the going's good. Really, really quickly here, because the, no, the news did break just a second ago. More and more momentum for recruits skipping college and going pro. I just more wanted to bring this up. Just if you're interested in recruiting, if it's something that you like to keep tabs on. So we saw this last year, and I brought up RJ Hampton, right? The kid that spurned Kansas, went to New Zealand, ate a lot of Kiwis, played for the Breakers. RJ Hampton. Uh, LaMelo Ball also played overseas in New Zealand. He likely was not going to be able to play in the NCAA regardless. Again, the Ball brothers, they had their own brand. BBB may be familiar whole thing i don't think he's gonna be eligible but just this week just a few days ago isaiah todd highly rated recruit decommitted from michigan sorry Jawan howard and is likely to go pro likely to either play overseas or in the g league and i bring up the g league the nba's minor league system because the news broke that they are willing to pay about 120 a little over a hundred thousand to the right recruits should they decide to perhaps play in the G League instead of going to college. So with that being said, Isaiah Todd leaning towards the G League and apparently Jalen Green, another top recruit, leaning towards the G League. He is making his announcement, whether he's going to school, to college, or if he's going to go pro uh, tomorrow, Thursday, like 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, Thursday, April 16th, 1 p.m. Eastern, we will find out what Jalen Green is thinking. So for all you recruiting fans out there, something to keep in mind now, as the pros are willing to pay these recruits or these high school players to just screw college. If you want to play basketball, make a little cash legally, might as well do it in the minors. And that way the NBA teams can then, you know, scout you get a better feel you're playing against adults you're playing professionally already we will see all right 
let's move on to the next entry into our review, our season review. And this guy had a fun year. I'm really glad this guy played his one year with Kansas. I'm, of course, talking about number four. He is a 6'5 senior, 208 pounds, well put together. Out of Chicago, Illinois, he averaged 7.9 points per game. He got 2.3 rebounds per game, but that's not really what matters, right? I'm, of course, talking about Isaiah Moss, the guy that was brought in to shoot the three-point shot, and he did it pretty decently, 34.8%, call 35% from three-point range. The biggest issue for Kansas basketball two seasons ago, the one I keep talking about, Devon Dotson's freshman year, they could not shoot the three-pointer worth a darn. It was brutal. Quentin Grimes could not hit a three. Devon obviously wasn't his strength. Ochina came in, ripped off that red shirt, started off hot, tailed off towards the end. We know about Marcus Garrett and his shooting. So sort of like a free agent, here was this sharp shooter out of Iowa on the grad transfer market. And Kansas, like free agency, said, hey, Isaiah, come to KU. We need to spread the floor a little bit. Came in and fit the bill. Shot 35% on the year. Had some pretty big games, right? 17 points against Stanford, where he shot 4-7 from 3. 20 points at Oklahoma, where he shot 6 of 11 from 3. That was the game where Dotson didn't play. Everyone needed to step up, and he did. I think of the big shots he hit against West Virginia in that comeback in Morgantown. 13 points, 3 of 5 from three-point range. So he had some timely games. The, the win at Baylor, 11 points. Two clutch free throws right at the end of the game. You could tell for Isaiah that the adjustment was a little tough. And it's weird because his old coach at Iowa, uh, Fran McCarthy, Coach McCarthy, I think. Why can't I think of the Iowa coach's name? Well, it is Iowa basketball. He's got the glasses. That's a hard-nosed coach, though. That's a hard-nosed program. They play defense. But Isaiah Moss seemed to really be, I don't know, struggling, taking his time, easing into it, maybe as a three-point shooter. He wasn't asked to really get his nose dirty at Iowa. But when he came to Kansas, Bill Self was riding him. You could tell, and Isaiah Moss would have some defensive lapses. Some guys would back-cut him from right behind him. But he did what he had to do. He was in there to shoot, and he did it decently, or he did it well enough. They essentially got what they needed out of Isaiah Moss. So what is his future? A guy who doesn't really play defense, doesn't really scrap it up. Tough to say. He is 6'5", and he does shoot the three. So there's always a place for that. Will the NBA take a look at him? We'll see. Never say never. I would imagine if he continues playing basketball, it'll be overseas. But I hope he gets an opportunity to shoot for NBA teams because he's got a beautiful stroke. Catch and shoot, really good. Able to pump, get a guy in the air, and then shoot. He takes and makes pretty closely contested threes. In today's NBA, that's valuable. Makes his free throws. Doesn't really put the ball on the ground. Although he did really uh, develop and had a pretty reliable dribble to the free throw line, pull up and shoot mid-range jumper. So, hey, keep an eye out on Isaiah Moss. He will be missed because 
that three-point shooting is invaluable in today's game. So who will we talk about next time? You're going to have to stay tuned. Man, time flies when you're talking about guys' legacies. We're right up against it now. Appreciate everybody listening. As per, as per usual, spread the word, spread the gospel of the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Again, thanks so much for listening. I, I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, big news here on my end. Went to the grocery store yesterday. Saw that for the first time in about a month. I went at like 1 p.m. There's actually toilet paper on the shelves. So things seem to be changing for the better, slowly yet surely here in the world. <laughs> what part of the world am I? Again, some say that I'm at the bottom of Potter's Lake on campus or in the rafters of Allen Fieldhouse. You know, I did last week's episode. I was inside the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta for Final Four week. So where will it be next week? No idea. You're going to have to tune in. But again, appreciate it. Get your walks in. Do some push-ups. Get that lean muscle of prisoners when they're in jail. Can do push-ups and pull-ups and come out jacked then. We all can too, right? Hey, the only thing you're a prisoner of is your mind. Get out there, move, read, listen to the show, tell the people about it. But as always, Rock Chalk. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up.